Welcome to this edition of the Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 75 of the podcast. In this edition of the podcast, I'm talking about the Dallas Mavericks and how, for the first time in a while, they are one of the most exciting teams to watch in the NBA. Before I talk about what the Mavs are doing this season, I want to look backwards because I feel like people forget just how dominant the Dallas Mavericks were back in the day. So Mark Cuban becomes the owner of the Mavs and they have 11 straight 50 win seasons and they win a title with Dirk Nowitzki as their best player. They have dominant other players to go alongside Dirk. They have Michael Finley at one point. They have Steve Nash. They win the title with Jason Terry, Dirk, Tyson Chandler, Sean Marion, Karan Butler. The Dallas Mavericks were like the Spurs. And while the last few years the Spurs have remained a consistent playoff team, the Dallas Mavericks have faltered in the years since they won the championship with Dirk. But every year, for 11 years, you could pencil in the math for 50 wins, and they were thought of as a legitimate title contender. Again, they went to the NBA Finals in 2006, lost to the Heat. Then in 2011, they beat the LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade-led Miami Heat. They beat that version of the Miami Heat's big three, and Dirk Nowitzki beautifully went left. That was one of the best moments in NBA Finals history. This team was dominant. They had dominating head coaches like Rick Carlisle, Don Nelson, even Avery Johnson. They had some of the best coaches. They were a consistent NBA contender. They were one of the best franchises in NBA history. And then everything was turned upside down for them. Then, immediately after winning the title, they break up the team, basically. They don't bring back Tyson Chandler. They don't bring back J.J. Barea, who probably, other than Dirk, had the best NBA Finals of any player that year on the Mavs. And then they don't re-sign Karan Butler. Even though he was injured, they probably should have brought back Karan Butler. So they break up that core group that brought them to the NBA Finals. And the reason I think they did that is because Dirk was already a player in his early 30s and they thought that this was the beginning of the end and not of not the start of something brilliant not a start of a dynasty it was the end of a run which i think in hindsight was the wrong decision because i think they should have taken the opportunity while Dirk was still good to try to make one more run at an nba finals But by not bringing back Tyson Chandler, that signified the end of this run. In the next like seven years of their franchise, they are looking to replace Dirk Nowitzki as the face of the franchise. And they failed miserably time after time after time after time trying to bring in a new superstar to the Mavs. Let me list some of these players who they tried to make as their franchise leader. Monte Ellis, who is a really good scorer, but not the face of your franchise type of guy. They gave Chandler Parsons a boatload of money. Again, he has not worked for Memphis. He has not worked for Dallas. Chandler Parsons had a few good seasons with the Houston Rockets that he turned into two mega contracts, and he has failed two organizations. The Mavs desperately wanted Chandler Parsons to become their best player. Then, They've spent a boatload of money on Harrison Barnes after he had one of the worst NBA Finals in the history of NBA Finals. He was missing corner free after corner free, and the Dallas Mavericks gave him a boatload of money to try to make him the best player. Yes, Harrison Barnes is a decent enough scorer, but he is that type of guy like Rudy Gay where he can put up some good numbers, but he should never, ever be your best player. 
It's why it's never going to work out for the Kings to have Harrison Barnes be your highest paid player. Harrison Barnes is not that type of talent. So they were choosing the wrong kind of guys to make their next franchise star. Again, Monte Ellis, Chandler Parsons, and Harrison Barnes, those are guys that can put up numbers. But Dirk wasn't about putting up numbers. Dirk was about winning year after year after year. 50 win seasons, 11 straight years. And some of those years, those Dallas Mavericks teams were without a number two superstar. I mean, after Nash left, all of the load was on Dirk. Then he won an MVP. Then he won an NBA Finals. They needed a guy like that. And none of those guys ever came close to being that. All three of those guys Again, Harrison Barnes is still in the league, but I think he's vastly overpaid. Monte Ellis is out of the league. Chandler Parsons can never play on the court at all. Then they miserably fail at free agency. Remember the whole DeAndre Jordan fiasco? I mean, the idea that they went through that much trouble to try to make DeAndre Jordan their best player. And even he himself had to second guess the thought of him being the best player on a team. I mean, when you give DeAndre Jordan a boatload of money and he's like, no, I'd rather go be the third man in the LA Clippers. That says a lot about where your team is. That they were so desperate to find a star that they thought DeAndre Jordan could be like a 20-point scorer was insane. And it's just how desperate the Dallas Mavericks were to get a superstar. I think at one point, the Dallas Mavericks and the Houston Rockets were in the exact same position. They were both desperate to find their next superstar player. And the Houston Rockets were lucky when they traded for six-man James Harden. And he became the James Harden that he is today. That's what the Dallas Mavericks wanted desperately. Because again, the Houston Rockets went through those years of like, oh, is Kevin Martin our best player? Oh, is Shane Battier our best player? Oh, we are without a best player. We are desperately, oh, is Jeremy Lin our best player? No. And then James Harden fell into the Houston Rockets laps and their franchise was saved. That's what the Dallas Mavericks were trying to do. They were trying desperately to find their star player. But the best thing for that organization was to not get DeAndre Jordan because you would probably still have a team led by DeAndre Jordan and Chandler Parsons, which ultimately would never become NBA title contending team. Then, finally, after years and years of going through, they get Luka Doncic. Then, they trade for Kristaps Porzingis, which is ultimately, to me, going to become the best duo the team has had since Dirk and Steve Nash. That is the type of team the Dallas Mavericks. Those are the type of stars the Dallas Mavericks should have been trying to get all along. They should have been trying to do it for the draft. The Mavs were miserably trying to do it with guys who were already in the NBA. Again, the Harrison Barnes of the world, the Chandler Parsons of the world, the DeAndre Jordans of the world, the Monte Ellis's of the world. The way you build in the NBA now is through the draft. And then get a, an established guy like Porzingis from a smaller market team who, again, the Knicks are not a smaller market team, but a team that's so miserably run that you could steal him from the Knicks. That's what the Mavs have done. And that's why they are on the uptick and not that, that play where they're Again, there's so many teams in the NBA right now that are just desperate to get established stars. The way to do it is through the draft. Now, night after night, you have Luka Doncic being your star player. For the month of November, he averaged a 
point triple double. He averaged a 30 point triple double, a rare feat in today's NBA. Even in the era of all triple doubles, to average 30, 10, and 10 is quite a remarkable month in the NBA. And I think they're only going to get better because Kristaps Porzingis, well, he's playing good on defense, and that's been mentioned by his coach. I think the best is yet to come from Porzingis because he is not playing his best as he comes back from the injury that made him miss all, basically all of last season. That duo is going to get better. They are young enough to be on the rise. This is not the best of Luka Doncic, and this is not the best of Kristaps Porzingis. They are a team on the rise. They should be a top six seed easily in this Western Conference playoff picture. I think what this team still needs is that third leading scorer guy to take the pressure off of Doncic and Porzingis. Because again, in the we're right now in the year of the NBA duos. This is a team that could use a third leading scorer who's going to be able to provide like 20 points night after night. I mean, like the Nash Dirk combo had like a Michael Finley type. This team could use a Michael Finley type because I'm not sure. If the, if the league figures out how to stop Doncic, I'm not sure Porzingis can be the man night after night after night. I think they need a third leading scorer. I think this is the type of team that could use a big three moving forward. And it's not somebody on the team. They're going to have to go outside of the organization and to get a third star caliber player on this team if they're really going to be title contending team moving forward. But ultimately, I do think for this year, this team is deeper than most people think. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a really good six-man type of player. He can give you 15 on a night. Again, he can have 30 one night and 10 the next night, but he's a guy that I trust to be like a six-man type. Dwight Powell is a really good player. Seth Curry is one of the best three-point shooters in the league, and Jalen Brunson is a really good backup point guard guy. He was a guy who, again, won a national championship in college. He is just a winning player. This team has a nice bench unit. They're not the best bench in the NBA, but I think they're one of the better benches that nobody talks about. Again, I like that group. Tim Hardaway Jr. will be the scorer. Dwight Powell can be like that dual big man. He can do a lot of things. Seth Curry, just be that three-point shooter in the corner. He can get the job done. And Jalen Brunson is a really good two-way player. Good defender, good ball handler. He is like one of the best backup point guards that nobody talks about in the NBA. So this team, I think, can make a run to the second round of the Western Conference playoffs and possibly the Western Conference finals, although I think that's a bit of a reach for this first year. But for this first year as a group, I think this team is better than most people think they are. At the trade deadline this year, I think they could definitely use another ball handler. I mean, there were there was that rumor that they were going to get Goran Dragic to go along with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. I think that's a move that would have been really good because I think they could use a guy other than Doncic to be a really good passer. I think they could also use a big man because their centers are not that great right now. They could really use a big man to go along with Porzingis to make sure he doesn't have to do all the rebounding on the team. I think the most overlooked thing about the Dallas Mavericks is who their head coach is, Rick Carlisle. It's almost like we've forgotten how good of a head coach Rick Carlisle 
Rick Carlisle is. He's been the head coach of the Pacers. He's been the head coach of the Pistons. He has been one of the best head coaches in the league. This is like, what, his 10th or 12th year as the coach of the Mavericks? He has been one of the best head coaches in the league. It's almost like with Doc Rivers because he was having a few down years or not as good years with the Clippers. We were like, oh, Doc Rivers, what about that guy? And then all of a sudden he has a superstar team and we're all like, oh, Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in the league again. The same thing is happening with Rick Carlisle. Give Rick Carlisle Luka Doncic and Christoph Sporzingis and he is going to have a winning basketball team. The last few years he has not been given the winning ingredients and the players to coach a really good team. And now that he's being given superstar players, he is going to win with those players. He is one of the best head coaches in the NBA. He was going through a downslide with this team. The same thing's happening with Steve Kerr and the Warriors. Now that those star players are out, he's not going to be able to win. The same thing happened to Eric Spolster. He loses LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Guess what? He's not going to be able to win. The same thing happened with Rick Carlisle. He lost Dirk and he wasn't able to win. Or he lost Dirk in his prime and he wasn't able to win. And he didn't have a star replacement player. Now he has Doncic. He has Porzingis. He is going to be able to win because he is one of the best coaches and one of the most underrated coaches in the league. Listen, ultimately, this year's Dallas Mavericks team are not title contending team. They're not going to be in the NBA Finals this year. But I think, unlike the Lakers and unlike the Clippers, this team is built for the long term. Donjits and Porzingis can be a great duo for the next 10 years, unlike LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's a duo that's built for the short term. I think Kawhi and Paul George are built for like the next five years. This Donjits porzingis duo is built for the next 10 or 12 years. They can be one of the best duos in the NBA moving forward. I think they are a team that already is better than the Suns, Kings, Trailblazers, and Pelicans. They're in the class of Utah. I think them and Utah are on like that same level of like, you don't want to say they're a title contending team, but they could surprise you. Like I think the Jazz could surprise a bunch of people. And I think the Dallas Mavericks should be mentioned in that same way the Utah Jazz are mentioned. Would we really be surprised if Luka goes off in the playoffs and gets this team to the Western Conference Finals? I'm going to say I wouldn't be shocked because I think He's that kind of level of a player. He can bring this team to the next level. And again, I think Kristaps, the unicorn, is going to shine at some point this season. And we go, we will go. He is one of the best big men in the NBA this season because he will have moments offensively. He will shine and we're like, yeah, that's why this guy's so unique because he will go back to being that dominant big man shooting free in the league that's so rare to find nowadays. I mean, I for one am glad that the Mavs are back in the mix of being one of those interesting teams. Because again, when they had Dirk and they had Steve Nash and they had Jason Terry and they had all those guys and they had that long run of 11 straight seasons of 50 wins, I enjoyed them as a team. And the last few years has just been a miserable experience if you've been following the Dallas Mavericks. You had the Mark Cuban scandal. You had so many things going on with the Dallas Mavericks. They weren't a winning team. They were desperate for superstars. They were 
going through that scandal. You thought they were a miserable organization. Now the organization is being run by a different group. You just feel like this is just a this is a good story to have the Mavs back in basketball because we've we're we're in the middle of losing the Spurs as one of those dominant organizations to see the Spurs slide back down to being a normal NBA franchise. But you also get to see the Mavs rise again. Like it's good to see that second run of an organization because again, I just grew up with the Mavs being always in the playoffs, always being there, always being thought of contenders. And they've been missing the last few seasons. Also, it just felt like their run ended so quickly. I mean, they won the title. We all felt like Dirk was the best player in the world. And then like two years later, they were irrelevant. The end of them came so fast. Like no one saw it coming. We all thought like, wow, Dirk is the definitive best player in the world. He beat LeBron. He beat Dwayne Wade. He beat Chris Bosh. He is the best player in the world. He beat the team we all thought was going to win a million titles in a row. And we all thought, wow, the Dallas Mavericks are the best organization in the world. And then quickly, they became one of the worst organizations in the world. Again, desperate for free agents, going through a scandal with Mark Cuban. We all thought he was one of the worst owners in the NBA. He just became a guy who just talked about the big headlines, and he just became somebody we just thought didn't know how to run a basketball organization anymore. They became irrelevant, which is the worst thing to be in the NBA. They weren't bad enough to get the best picks in the NBA. like They weren't tanking. They were irrelevant. Again, they were going through star players like Monte Ellis, Harrison Barnes, Chandler Parsons. They were trying to overpay mediocre talent to remain mediocre. They were never going to tank until the end where they kind of tanked for Luka. But there were so many years where they were all in on talent that wasn't worth being all in on. Again, to be all in on DeAndre Jordan was a stupid idea. To be all in on Harrison Barnes was a stupid idea. They were not going about it the right way. I think the exact same thing is happening to the San Antonio Spurs right now. They are all in on DeMar DeRozan, and they are all in on LaMarcus Aldridge, all because the Mavs and the Spurs were so used to winning that they could not, for the life of themselves, not be a contending team. They will do anything to be a contending team. But the truth of the matter is the Spurs with Aldridge and with DeMar DeRozan are not title contending teams. That makes them irrelevant in the NBA. Yes, they could get to 42, 45 wins and they can make the playoffs, but does that really matter in the end? And the Mavs were on a pace of not making the playoffs and trying to get star players who were already established guys who were not worthy of being star players. I think that's the worst place to be in the NBA. But you feel like you have to be there. You feel like you have to be mediocre because the Mavs were so used to winning. They were so used to winning that they were going to do anything to not be thought of as losers. But ultimately, they had to be losers so that they could get Luka Doncic. That's why it's harder for a team like the Mavs to tank than it is for the Knicks. The Knicks are so used to year after year after year losing, losing, losing that you you start to even forget how bad they are. For the Mavs who won 50 plus games in 11 straight years, went to the NBA Finals twice, they were thought of as the gold standard of the NBA along with the Spurs. So to erase that reputation 
they thought would have been a terrible idea. But ultimately, trying to remain the gold standard is what kept bringing them down. What kept bringing them down was trying to remain what they were. And again, they broke up the team. They broke up Tyson Chandler because they thought they were too old. But then they tried to replace those guys with younger stars who were not worthy of being star players. I think what ultimately ended up happening was Mark Cuban convinced himself that somebody like Dwayne Wade or LeBron or one of the bigger stars in the NBA at that time or Kevin Durant, that those guys would be so desperate to join the Dallas Mavericks because of their winning culture. Well, by the time those guys became free agents, they had become an irrelevant organization that nobody wanted to join. He thought they were, he thought that he was going to be able to get like a Russell Westbrook or like a Paul George. He thought that the Dallas Mavericks were a place the big-time free agents were going to be able to go because he was used to having a big-time star in Dirk. Well, by the time those guys are free agents, Dirk is not is a shell of himself, and none of those players want to join the Dallas Mavericks because even though they were the gold standard, they are not one of those franchises like the Lakers or like L.A. that are going to get those big-time free agents. They are not even the Miami Heat. The Dallas Mavericks are not that kind of market. They need to win by drafting star players and trading for them. So that's why they're winning right now. They have Luka Doncic, they have Kristaps Porzingis, and they are going to be a very good team for years to come. They also have one of the best head coaches in the league in Rick Carlisle. That's why the Mavs are on the rise again. I think they could have been on the rise years before now if they had just gone through the draft to get the next guy. They finally have him in Luka Doncic, and that's why this year they are one of the better teams in the Western Conference. And by next year, I think we will be legitimately looking at the Dallas Mavericks as a title contending team for years to come. Porzingis will be one of the best bigs in the league and Doncic will be one of the best guards in the league. And that's something we've seen before from the Mavs like Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash before them. This duo will be one of the best in the NBA and bring the Dallas Dallas Mavericks back to relevance where I think they so rightfully belong. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Dead Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. <music>